So, um, so before I got into Chi Alpha, uh, I was a hotel manager, and uh, it was it was fun. I worked in the hotel business for about eleven and a half years. Was a manager for about seven and a half of those years. Uh, but in 2012, when I was a front office manager at a Spring Hill Suites Marriott, uh, we had some very lofty goals. Uh, we decided the man the other uh, the GM and the staff. We all kind of decided. What are we going to do? Like, what is our plan for this year? How are we going to, like, exceed and do really well? Uh, we get these surveys for, like, guest satisfaction and stuff like that. And so we really wanted to do well. Um, and so we had kind of set and defined goals uh, that we would try to accomplish throughout the year. Uh, and uh, as part of that, uh, there was one associate who had been there since the hotel opened. Uh, but she was kind of, uh, like not a great employee, but she had been there forever. She knew what she was doing. And so uh, it kind of came to a point where we decided, uh, both the general manager and I decided that it was time to let her go. Uh, and so we had to fire her, uh, which wasn't an easy decision because I don't like to fire people. Uh, if you've uh, never experienced that, I don't recommend it. Uh, but it's just not, it's not a good thing. However, it really helped solidify our entire team. And it was like such a negative thing that we had uh, on our staff. Uh, and so through the year, we just kept continuously talked about our goals. We worked together uh, to achieve our goals. And at the end of the year, um, our hotel was selected as the hotel of the year for all of the Spring Hill Suites uh, in the entire nation. And so we were number one hotel. Uh, pretty, pretty big deal. We won, like, all these awards we, with everything. I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, that year, I was a, uh, selected as the operations manager of the year. So out of all the, all the Spring Hills, I was chosen as the top manager. Uh, which was pretty pretty cool, um, but I certainly didn't do it alone. Like my staff uh, did such a great job uh, and really worked together. Uh, we were unified as a team to accomplish a goal. Um, and so much like our team at the hotel had to be united with one goal, Paul instructs believers, both Jew and Gentile, on how to be united as the body of Christ, how to function more like a family, like the one new people of God. See, there is a battle to cut out the bad things in our lives that are preventing us from being united. Uh, in the hotel, it was a tough decision to fire uh, our associate, uh, but ultimately it was the right decision. Sometimes we can hold on to certain things or continue with bad relationships because we don't want to offend the other person. We're afraid of what they might think of us, and we don't want to hurt their feelings, and that happens. Um, and so tonight we're going to read out of Ephesians. Uh, we're going to start with, in chapter 3, uh, verse 14, uh, and so it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses, surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, uh, Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your word, to speak your truth, God. Um, Lord, I just pray that um, 
you would just uh, speak through me uh, and that we would uh, leave this place feeling more unified and more uh, as a community and a family, God. In your name, amen. So last week, uh, Ethan showed us how God's plan for the new Ephesian church was to bring the Jews and the Gentiles together. In fact, all peoples on earth can be brought together through faith in Christ. Here in Chi Alpha, all are different kinds of people. Uh, we're all brought together through Christ. So the emphasis here is that you and I are not separated from other believers, but we are a family unit. Chi Alpha becomes your immediate spiritual family, and the universal church, so the churches you may go to on Sunday, is your extended family. And over the year, Chi Alpha grows to be like a big family, doesn't it? Your core group sort of feels like a family. They aren't just about studying the Bible together. They are about doing life together, helping each other through difficult times. How committed are you to your core? Do you go, go only when you feel like it? When an event is planned, do you make every effort to go? Do you go to your one-on-one, -on -one or do you leave your facilitator hanging? Can you make it feel more like can can you make it feel more like a family for yourself? Paul understands big changes are taking place in the Ephesians' lives, so he offers up a prayer to them. When was the last time you knelt and thanked God for all that He has done in your life? When was the last time you prayed for your fellow core members' needs outside of core? Do you write down their prayer request so that you can pray for them throughout the week? Or do you just pray there and just forget about it? See, our body positions do a, a lot for our demeanor. So whether we're, we're standing, we're raising our hands, we're, we're doing just different actions or kneeling, uh, it makes a difference of our demeanor, of how we're coming to God. So kneeling is a humble and lowly position. So when Paul says, for this reason I kneel, he's saying I uh, surrender myself and, and show that God is so much more powerful and more supreme than me. Is that how we should approach God? Should we come to him on our knees in reverence to him? There is so much power in Paul's words in this passage. What he's asking for, what he's praying for, it is foundational to our lives in Christ. We cannot win this war without what Paul prays for, without us praying these things for ourselves. So what exactly does Paul pray? Well, he prays for the strength of the power of the Spirit. Why? So Christ may dwell in our hearts because of our faith in him. What for? So that we would be rooted and grounded in his love. So what? So that we would somehow be able to comprehend the incomprehensible, the magnitude of God's love. Well, then what? Then we would be filled with the fullness of God. Wow. That's what Paul is getting at, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. So how are you doing grasping that you are loved by God? I think that one of our main problems is the fact that we don't really comprehend 
how much God loves us and how good God really is. The devil tries to get us to blame God for all the evil and tragedy that occurs, but God does not bring these. The devil does. God is good, and God is good all the time. Do you get that? That God is good. Regardless of our circumstances, God is good. The devil is bad. The devil prompts people to do bad things, even us. But God's love never changes. He loves you and I each minute of each day. Do you believe that? Do you have a hard time recognizing God's love for you? Have you grasped how wide and long and high and deep his love for you is? Like if you think about like distances, like here to the surf, right? Does God love us that much? No, so much more than that. Or even like from Ellensburg to Seattle, like no, the love is even more than that. From here to the moon, which is 240,000 miles away, God loves us more than that. Like, he, it is just an infinite love that he has for us. And we can't even fathom the love. But the enemy doesn't want us to comprehend this kind of love. You know, we have been talking about being at war. And there is a battle that is waging for your heart right now. And the enemy wants nothing more than for you and me to buy into the lie that we are not loved by God. When we try to face this battle alone, it is so easy to be picked off by the enemy. And that's why being a part of a community, a family, is so important. And Paul understood this, and he urges all believers to stand together. God had a plan. You know, we have been talking about this war uh, that we are in the past few weeks, and we, can we have seen glimpses of uh, God's plan for humanity. We are to be reconciled to God and others because Christ gave his life for us. In verses 14 and 15, Paul wants his readers to understand that all people were created by God. We all come from him. God created us. He named us. We are his. We do not have to fear the enemy because God chose us. And our identity is found in him. You know, another major theme that is in, like, the first three chapters of Ephesians is the glorious riches. He talks about, Paul talks about the riches that we have. It's mentioned five times within three chapters, which probably means it's pretty important. And the riches, they have to do with our inner being. He's never going to leave or forsake us. He is always with us. He is in us. And the Holy Spirit gives us power to do stuff that we don't feel like doing. He gives us grace to do things. He gives us grace to be able to do homework when we don't want to do it. He gives us grace to do the dishes when we don't want to do them. He gives us grace when it, we just need to take out the trash, but we don't want to do it. Like he does, he gives all this stuff to us. We are strengthened, but with the power of the Holy Spirit to do all of these things. And we need a lot to grasp what Jesus has done for us and that he is living inside of us. We need a lot to grasp that we are rooted in God's love. And we get tricked into thinking that God doesn't like us. 
Every week, I'm guessing. Maybe even every day. It's a battle to understand his love for us. Paul then finishes chapter 3, helping us recognize that God can do immeasurably more than we could ask of him. What do you need him to do? Talk to him about it. Let him show you what he wants you to do or wants to do for you. When you pray, believe that God is powerful enough to answer your prayer and that he wants to answer them. What exactly does Jesus tell us in Luke 11, 9 through 13? He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to good, give, good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God wants to answer our prayers. God wants us to have his Holy Spirit. We just need to ask for it. And you know, often uh, the way God answers our prayers is through action on our part. How many times have you prayed or asked others to pray for you to do well on a test? Anybody have that prayer before in core, a test coming up? You're like, hey, pray for me. Pray that I do well. Uh, I, when I was in college, I certainly prayed that prayer a lot and asked for that prayer. Uh, and uh, oftentimes, I wouldn't do that well. It wasn't that God didn't answer my prayer. It's because I didn't study. Like, I didn't do the work to be able to get the good grade. I was trusting that God would grant me the wisdom without reading it, right? Like, it doesn't work that way. So, like, when you're praying for, like, you to do well on a test, you have to study. Like, ask God to help you remember what you're studying. You put the work in, and he will grant you the wisdom. Uh, when I, uh, so, w yeah, that was when I was a student. So when I decided I wanted to get my, my license with the AG, I took it very seriously, and I studied. I had note cards. I had everything. I was, like, super prepared, and I prayed, like, God, help me remember these things. So I was doing everything in my power. I spent hours studying for the test and, and everything. Uh, and you know what? I passed. <laughs> I did well. Like, yeah, it was great. Uh, but it took, like, God definitely answered my prayer, but it took action on my part to an have that prayer answered. Have you noticed you do better on tests when you study for them? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Paul essentially does the same thing here. His prayer is followed up by action steps of how God's plan comes together and how we are to live. How many of you like sports out there? Good portion of you. Perfect. All right. Well, kind of just an analogy that many athletes spend their time on the bench because they believe that they could never be a starter. That's why God spends a great deal of time showing that the Ephesians and us can be a starter. He gives us the power to do an immeasurably more. You know, we need to be loved and we need the spirit 
And once we get this, we can get into the game and start doing the things set out for us. Some of the ways you can get into the game, maybe it's do the dishes, right? Like that's just a small thing that you could do is do the dishes. Show your roommates that you love them and you care about them and do your dishes. Uh, You can even just like just sitting down and just talking and listening to them. Let them tell you what's going on in their lives. That's how you can be a part of this game. So let's uh, look at how Paul shows us how to get into the game. So Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Man, we are called to live a life worthy of the calling we have received. Every follower of Jesus has a calling, not just people in the ministry, not just us on staff and interns. It's everybody. And don't be faked out that there is some sort of hierarchy. Paul just spent a great deal of time emphasizing this. So what is our calling? It's to bring glory by imaging God. So how do we do that? Well, in verse 2, it tells us that it's all about our relationships. How humble and gentle are you? Are you patient with others? Do you bear one another in love? Man, in Ephesians, or in Ephesus, we have a pretty diverse group of people. There's different races, religions, social classes. They're all included. And Paul is saying that we are one. And just like that, here in Chi Alpha, we have all sorts of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And we need to make every effort to live out the spirit-birthed unity. So how do we do that? Well, honestly, I think we must ask God for it. God wants to give us what we ask for. That power is within us. The way we image him is to get fuller. 
more spirit-filled. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we will all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Unity among the body of believers can't happen without the Holy Spirit. You know, last year, if you were here in the fall, we talked, uh, we, our message series was on Acts 2, 42-47, and it really is how we try to do things here in Chi Alpha. So it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you see this Kyle? Do you see Kyle from modeled this way? Like we like to eat together, right? You guys like to eat? Like we're having a Super Bowl party at the Kyle Alpha house. Food. Yes, we want to s- fellowship. We want to spend time together. And food brings all sorts of people together. It's amazing. Um, but honestly, you can't just build unity if you don't spend time together. We can't, get to kno- we can't get to know each other if we don't spend time together. Like, in all honesty, who wants to open up to someone and share what's really going on in your life if you don't trust people, if you don't know them well enough? You know, I am a, a pretty private person, and I really do struggle to open up to people, uh, and especially with people that I don't really know. Do you? Man, imagine what our community could look like if we were unified. When your core feels like a family, it's a lot easier to be real and honest with each other. And the only way that's going to happen is if you go to core regularly. Regularly. That's how you get to know each other. That's how you become a family. But how much effort do we put into our relationships with others in Chi Alpha? Or how about in CORE? I know many of us in this room are facing real battles. And spiritual warfare is happening in our lives. And you might even be struggling to put into words exactly how you are feeling or what's been going on in your life. Um, Even as a staff, we are facing some real difficult battles. And the enemy is working overtime with all of us. You may even be ready to give up on Chi Alpha altogether and do your own thing. Uh, You know, and honestly, the, the enemy wants nothing more than to sow discord within our community and within the church. You know, when I was on SBO last last year, I led a team to University of Idaho, um, and Josh encountered this student uh, that was a part used to be a part of the Chi Alpha there. And just in, in talking and the friending time that he had with her, she's like, "Yeah, God told me uh, to stop going to Chi Alpha." And Josh was just like, "No, he didn't." <laughs> he just he was like, "No, God would never tell you to to stop going to a faith community, right?" So he just like laid it down. Uh, and really, it ultimately was somebody had offended her in Chi Alpha, and she just left. Instead of talking it with, uh, with her facilitator, uh, she just gave up. She just left. Uh, and so it was very timely that, that Josh was there to talk to her. And, 
and basically correct her <laughs> gently in love, of course. Um, but yeah, that's, that's honestly what the devil is trying to do. And if we are uh, to obtain unity, we must be forgiving and understanding. This isn't easy. I understand that. But it's how we're going to build unity. We are spending this quarter opening our eyes and our hearts to the reality of the war that we are in. And the devil wants, wants nothing more than to do everything in his power to keep us from the truth. Therefore, having unity is so important. And we cannot continue living a life of fear and timidity. See, the devil wants nothing more than for us to live like this. We need to live in the spirit, not in fear. Do you want to live in the spirit or in fear? You see, the Holy Spirit is a person, a person who dwells within us and gives us power. We must live in the spirit. It's the spirit that helps us love, and that is how we are going to be able to have unity. Each and every one of us matter and have a function here in Chi Alpha. You know, being in a core, being a part of the mature body, regardless of your purpose in your core, you have been given special grace to play your role. You have a special role in your core. You're able to minister in unique ways that nobody else can minister to. You know, the praise that you pray for your core members are unique. It's it's special from you, for the people you work with, for your classmates, uh, for Chi Alpha as a whole, for your family. What kind of work are you going to do? We don't have to have it all planned out like God does. If you hear my, my last one, the story of me planning, like I, I was a terrible planner. I've become a much better planner now, just so you know. That's, that, 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 that event shaped me for the better, so I, I learned and improved from that. But, you, but yeah, so you don't have to have the plan. God's got the plan, you know, and the Spirit basically will nudge you to, to your, what you need to do, how you need to minister to other people. Uh, it's, it's part of it is just being in tune with the spirit. Uh, and when you notice something of, about somebody, you've been nudged. Like the whole, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to say something, to do something. Um, real quick, I'm going to have Ryan come up. He's got this awesome story uh, that he wants to share. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so he's going to come up briefly and share a story of, a time of somebody that who was nudged by the spirit and the effect that it had on it. Uh, yeah, talking about a nudge. Um, so the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, I found out my friend from high school, his name was Evan Munn, uh, he got saved. Um, and I think part of his story uh, is definitely a message that somebody in this room needs to hear. I don't know who. Um, but by the way, I did get his permission to share this. Um, I'm not just willingly sharing it, uh, just for fun. Um, Anyways, so uh, he was an atheist at the time uh, with his identity uh, as a Division I soccer player. Um, he didn't have any contact with his family because he left him in high school, uh, and he, he felt alone. Uh, he, was, he was pretty over it. Uh, so that day he stepped on the soccer field for what he thought was the very last time. Uh, he wrote a suicide note that night, um, and I s- it wasn't for anybody else to read. Uh, it was for him. 
Um, but yeah, so he was lost. He felt he had no purpose, uh, and he was just ready to be done. Uh, he had everything laid out to go through with his plan that night um, until his friend comes around the, ho- uh, comes around the corner, like from down the hall, saying, hey, I got your text. And uh, his, so Evan was like, what text? And his friend said, the text that you sent me, you texted me saying, help me. And uh, so Evan told me that that text is not on his phone. It's only on his friend's phone. Uh, so, I mean, that, that text was literally divine intervention. I know we say that uh, kind of willing, um, not willingly, but, like, kind of just throw it out there. Um, yeah, and so uh, I just want to encourage you that uh, God is always with you and you're not alone. Um, I felt like I felt led to share this because like depression and suicide are like a very real thing, uh, especially in the winter, uh, but all year round as well. Uh, I had like seasonal depression uh, last year, and I thought it like wasn't a thing because you know like I'm a Christian, uh, but like it it is. And so I just want to encourage you that uh, you're right where you need to be, and uh, I hope it speaks to somebody. Man, what a testimony of how the Spirit can nudge us. You know, his friend could have just ignored the text and just stopped, you know, did continue doing what he was doing. But no, like the Spirit sent him a message and said, help me. And so he goes and helps him, you know, look and look at the impact that it had by him saying, yes, okay, I'm going to go. Um, and, you know, people around us are hurting. They're in desperate need of help. So when the Holy Spirit is prompting you, just do it. You know, the, and the goal is to move from how we see to how God sees. Then we will begin to see people the way God sees them. You know, people in Chi Alpha don't necessarily uh, feel the same love. Like, each person is different. They don't feel loved. Maybe they feel like they're on the outside. Uh, but it's, it's we as a community need to embrace them and to show them love and to show them this kind of love. You know, cheer people up. Whatever you got to do. If you think about someone you should send them an encouraging text or a call. Don't hold back praise for others. Have you ever, like me, ever held back praise for someone? Yeah, it's tough. Do you find it hard sometimes to have patience with people? You know, maybe dishes, roommates ring a bell. I know we talk about dishes all the time, but it is a real (laughs) thing. It causes division. It causes division. Most, uh, last year when I lived in the Chi Alpha house, like, the number one thing for our house meeting was dishes, not doing the dishes, you know? And so, like, it is a a real thing. I don't know if it's the same for you ladies, if you guys don't have issues, but I know guys, we struggle with that. Yeah. Um, But sometimes it is extremely hard to strive for unity with others. But Jesus gives grace to us. You know, in verse 7, he talks about a grace that he gives. But why do we need this grace? Well, back in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Should we not extend grace to others just like Jesus extends grace to us? You know, Christ dwells within us. That ought to change the way we live. Do you understand that? Like, Christ is in us. That should make us change. That should, we should want to change because Christ dwells within us. 
And you have as much power as everyone else in Christ. Through Christ and through the Holy Spirit that we can be unified. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You know, each one of us are called to be starters. Just because you don't have the role of pastor or facilitator, you are still called into the game. And Paul tells us that his, pe- that his people are to be equipped for works of service. That is how the body is built up. You know, everybody is responsible for grace, for love, and for work. And we, when we do all of this together, we will be able to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So how full is the full measure of God? Well, if the fullness of God was in Jesus, and the same power that was in Jesus is also in us because of the Spirit, it is way more than we can experience. And the baptism has helped me experience the full measure of God. You know, just some examples of being fuller in the Spirit and into really being, like, propelled by the Spirit. Uh, with just praying and just praying about my future and just, God, change my heart, change this, and you know, I didn't know kind of what direction God was leading me in, uh, but through prayer and just through, like, really understanding the Spirit and being led by Him, like, He called me into Chi Alpha, into college ministry, uh, and I developed a love and a passion for it. And so, like, that's just one aspect of, like, being in the Spirit is, like, knowing what what God wants you to do and, and getting confirmation from people. Uh, and just, like, also another, like, simple thing is just doing things for others that you don't like to do, but you do it for them, is one thing that the Spirit helps, helps you do, being fuller in the Spirit. You know, you even get discernment when praying and talking to people. So, like, the Spirit will, like, give you uh, things to say or, like, discern when people are having a bad day. You can just see something's off on them. That's what, like, being full in the Spirit allows you to do. It helps you build the community. Uh, if I can get the worship team to come up as I get ready to close. Uh, but the Spirit also helps us by giving us gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. You know, all these gifts are necessary for the body of Christ. You know, just like the goals that we set at the hotel at the beginning of the year when I was a manager, like, we all had to come together. Each and every department had to come together and do well. The housekeepers had to clean well. The front desk had to treat customers well. Like, the maintenance had to, like, maintain the rooms well and fix things so issues wouldn't arise. Like, we all had to work together. It wasn't just the front desk or the housekeeping department or maintenance. It, it was all of us. Um, and that's how we were able to achieve that. No d- one department was better than the other. And no gift is more important. 
and by all of us using our gifts, we can obtain unity. Trying to have the body of Christ built up. So what is maturity? To have the image of God, to be like Jesus. To bear the image of God and to be more like Jesus, we must be known by how we love one another. So how can you feel loved? Well, honestly, the more you pray, the more you see prayers answered, and we can feel loved by those answered prayers. You know, time spent, this is something Michael taught me uh, last year, like time spent equals love. So the more you spend time with somebody, it shows that you love and you care about them. We can experience more of God's love by spending more time with him. So how do we do that? Well, we read the Bible, his word. That's one great way. Pray. You can talk to him. Come to Chi Alpha. Go to CORE. Go to your one-on-ones. Go to church. That's how you can experience more of God's love. It's time to get off the sidelines and become a starter. Will you commit to that? So as we move into a time of worship uh, through our singing, uh, I have a few reflection questions, just kind of things to just kind of think through and just kind of pray to God and, uh, and just, yeah, just answer those questions. So how can you make your core feel more like a family? How can you build unity within Chi Alpha? What are some ways that you grasp God's love for you? And how does the Holy Spirit living within you affect the way you live? So we're going to take a few minutes and just kind of journal, uh, kind of think through, and then we'll enter into